Hello, marvelous listeners. Welcome to the 20th episode of Three Leader Thursdays. I can't believe we've been doing this five months already. Time's really flying and we're having heaps of fun, and I do hope you're all enjoying tuning in. This week we have a super special guest on with us, our good friend Billy. He grows coffee here in Australia, only a stone's throw away from the roastery in Byron Bay. Billy and his wife Weta have been growing coffee since 2001. And it's not just coffee, but coffee we believe to be one of the very few that's regarded as specialty. And after a few small changes in how they pick and process their cherries have seen massive gains in quality. Anyway, I don't want to give too much more away, but today we brewed some of his coffee as espresso, sat down with him, drank it, all had a chat and enjoyed it a little too much. On with the show. Oh, welcome to Three Little Thursdays, a Marvel Street podcast. I'm in Joe's seat today. Oh, you are. That's why. Yeah, that's why. That. That's why I felt so weird. Yeah, I was like, weird. I'm saying a Marvel Street. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and we've got Billy here today. Hello, Billy. Hello, guys. You've got a great radio voice. Have I really? I can hear you. <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's the first time I've ever done one of these podcasts, so... Yeah, cool. I'll be flying it's by up. the seat of my pants. <laughs> it's up there forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was a sweaty mess by the end of my first one, that's for sure. But uh, it's great that fun. Was, that was because we used to record it in the roastery. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, in the middle hot. of summer. I, I sweat more when I listen to it. Yeah, so... Thanks so much for coming in. Billy is um, actually um, a good mate of mine. It's your, your, uh, I'm, the, your I'm the dad. You're Luke's dad. Yeah. And um, you, you came in one day and said, hey, we, oh, did, I, did I see Luke in the surf? I think I saw Luke in the surf and Luke was saying, oh, yeah, you know, something about you guys losing the spot where you were roasting your coffee. That's exactly right. And uh, I said to Luke, tell him to come in and let's hang out. And you've been coming in pretty much for a year almost. Yeah, yeah it's a roasting year. your coffee on a Thursday, every second Thursday in the old in the old um, drum roaster that we've got. The, yes, that's uh, Six kilos at a time. Six kilos. And um, uh, and we've got good profiles now on that. We, you have. Yes, I've seen your profiles. They've been pretty good. So, so Billy, we thought we'd get Billy in to um, just. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're such a unique character, um, not just because you're Billy, but because, uh, also, also because you're a, an Australian um, coffee grower, and they're rare. And not only that, um, your coffee's really good. We're getting it there. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, yeah, we thought we'd just have a good chat, and thanks for com- so much for coming, coming in. And, um, um, so, yeah, that's... Let's let's fire a thousand questions yeah, a billion. There's so many. There's so many. I mean, like as you said, growing coffee in Australia is rare. And and why? Like, why do you think it is? Why do you think there are so few, at least well-known coffee growers in Australia? I, well, it's it's really hard work. That's the first thing. Mm. And uh, for a lot of growers, it's it's not economical unless you can grow more than twenty thousand trees. Mm. Um, Obviously, 20,000 trees, you need machine harvesting for that, whereas we've got a small boutique plantation and we handpick. Yep. So how many, sorry to interrupt, but how many trees, how many acres, hectares are we talking about? We actually planted 8,000 trees Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning. When when was that? That would have been in 2001, when we got wiped out in a frost, a freak frost up on the ridge. Um, which affected not only the coffee grower, but the, the fruit, fruit growers were wiped out as well. So you had coffee prior to 2001, or did you have... No, that was the year we put it in you, the ground. You had fruit or something prior to that that was no, like... nothing on nothing. that. Nothing, no. Just cleared land. And it was... Uh, it had trees on it. We had to clear the land first. Okay. And obviously the pH was through the roof because we had pine trees on there, so oh, we, yeah. we had to get that around the 5, 5.5, mm-hmm. um, which took us about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you get the pH of the soil done? We um, had to lime, heavily lime. Right. And um, we did a bit of cultivation as well, just a light cultivation over the ground. 
We then put in some sorghum yep. for green manure, yep. um, which we ploughed in, yep. and then we ripped our rows and we put our seedlings in. Mm. Why coffee? Uh, we didn't want to use anything with chemicals. I mean, it's pretty strong here. It's impervious to most bugs. Yeah. Uh, that we, you know, thanks to border protection. Well, actually, on the Byron website, um, under the weed listing, arabica's in there. Yeah, top the, of the list. Top of the list is being a, <laughs> being a weed. Yeah, mm-hmm. we. So, so it's prolific in this area. Yeah. It grows. It grows well, quickly. And anybody that's frightened of it spreading, um, um, they always come up and say, you're not growing it anywhere near creeks or anything, are you? Yeah. In case it gets washed down onto their property. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we've contained our coffee. Um, it's surrounded by about oh, two or three acres of pasture. Yep. Okay. Which we adjust horses on, which is handy for a bit of, you know, bit of manure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Extra fertilisation. Extra fertilisation with yeah. mulch. In 2001, was the Australian government or councils giving away coffee seedlings? No. No, they no. weren't? Well, no. it, it, we, it wasn't that period. I know there was a period of time that um, the, the, the councils were giving away free coffee seedlings to, wow. to, to support. To support. Um, you could literally turn up and they would give them away. Fantastic. And, yeah, but, uh, that would have saved us so much work. <laughs> <laughs> but you got, the K, you got the K7 variety? K7s, which we germinated ourselves yeah. from a friend's plantation, which was organic over in Rosebank. Uh, they no longer grow coffee. It became unviable for them. Yeah. Um, and we germinated everything. We basically planted everything by hand. Um, I got to love a post hole digger yeah, quite right. intimately. So 8,000 trees, 8, did you say 8,000 trees, trees yeah. by hand. How long would that take? It took us about two months. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's amazing. Just yeah. you and your wife? Me and my wife. I yeah. thought you were going to say wow. two years. I'm quickly doing the math, and even if it was 60 uh, days and 6,000 plants, it's just like 100, 120 trees or something a day oh, or something. Holes. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And, and We'd have put every single one of those in the ground. She it, was the planter, yeah, right. I was the digger. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that, that's your wife. She's, yes. she's so awesome. That's well, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Such a goer. Yeah. No, and she's still very passionate about growing coffee with, you know, with me. So yeah. Good it's, good, it's good to see, you know, uh, and, I, and I think oh, I'm not an expert on primary production, but from what I can see, you know, and the advice that I read is that um, you know all of our all of our production pro production should be aimed at quality yes you know and I think that's the only way that it can be profitable for think for the export market anyway um, is you know people buy Australia because of its quality you know we can buy you know cheap shitty oranges from somewhere else in the world um, but the oranges that are grown here you know need to be amazing and that's why they they get sold. I don't think there's many oranges grown anymore. Um, they, you know, I think um, Griffith. Yeah, Griffith. The yeah, they, they, I, mean, I mean, Malcolm told me that's Linda's dad told me that you know all of all of like Coffs Harbour was there was a lot of oranges being grown there, and you know, you know, he remembered driving back old Holdens, seeing all the oranges being pulled out because they, you know, because they were cheaper in another country. Yeah. You know, um, back when he was a panel beater. But anyway. Um, um, I think that's and I think that's the barrier for coffee is that is that it's, it, it, it's got to be quality and then the, there's high land costs high labour costs yes and it just doesn't make it feasible you know um, and I, I had this dream when I when I first moved up that we would start a cafe and, and then and start the roastery or buy a cafe start the roastery and buy a block of land and grow coffee and do do the whole thing and that was and we almost did it like we almost bought this 40 acre block um, and grew coffee on it, but you know we just couldn't get there. Like we just financially, we couldn't get there. We we never got there yet. Um, um, so then we worked with a little bit with a local farmer, like the guys from um, that no longer sell coffee. It was Green Cauldron. Green Cauldron. And they had fifty thousand trees, fifty acres. Yes. And um, and um, but yeah, they you know they were highly mechanized. You know, in the, all of their, you know, they had pickers. They had like an like a big diesel picker. Yes. And they had like dryers, and 
the coffee never really got there. You know, never really got there. It was just never. wasn't paid that extra attention. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when like um, mountaintop coffee out at Nimbin was yes. really. Was, I remember drinking was, was that really about five years ago. Yeah, they did this double pass process, right? And that, and that was their famous double pass process, which was like, you know, um, naturals. Mm. Basically, the naturals soaked twice, and and then they would they would plump up, and then they would process them as a washed. Right. Does that make sense? So mm. it was like a double pass they'd, washing. They'd pump, pulp them then. Yeah, they pump yeah. after they double. Yeah, uh, that was okay. the double pass process, which got, you know, and this was back when 2009, 2010, when darker roasting was definitely still mm. happening and quite, you know, especially back, it was still quite dark. Yeah. Even though the lighter guys were doing the light stuff. Yeah. You know, um, but anyway, um, yeah, you've been coming in for a year now. And your yep. coffee's gotten... I mean, this harvest has been... We can see it. Well, thanks to your guidance and, you know, the, the fermentation process definitely yeah. has helped. Uh, I think last year we, we, we just did a quick little um, uh, test. We harvested some cherry from my, lawn, from my, my driveway and uh, we've got like a, you know, 10, 10 square metre space of just coffee growing coffee. in our driveway. Um, and... We processed it here and found that the latest pickings, which makes sense, the latest pickings and the coffee that was fermented till the, the water got foamy, and it yes. was like you could see that the water got foamy, um, tasted the best, but we'd probably over-dried it. Ah, uh, okay. It, it kind of got strawy, but mm. it was sweet. And I burnt it. I <laughs> 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 had one shot at it. And it stupidly you? roasted like the good stuff first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and but when we cupped it, and it was, I was excited. Through that, it was like, wow, this is. It was kind of processing. It was like quite, you know, like super sweet and like not funky, but just that body, you know, that processy body that you get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the exciting part of that cupping, I remember it was that was that. It actually tasted better than some of the... It wasn't the worst coffee we tasted this year. No. From samples that we'd gotten from other origins. Mm. Fantastic. That, that was, you know... So I think, um, yeah, maybe maybe we should ask you a few questions about um, what the year's been like for you. Yeah. Well, as I said at the beginning, it's not an easy crop. It's, um, it's, it's heavy for labouring. How many pickers... Do you have with you when when harvest comes around? We generally get two um, massive picks a week from travellers. Yeah, we bring in. Um, we give them a really good feed. Yep. A bag of coffee each at the end of the day. They have a nice experience, and so do we. Um, and we would probably pick. Oh, I would say. 150 kilos at each of those pickings. Yeah. So about 300 kilos in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, each week I've got some great ideas coming through my mind maybe we should get all the bristers up and get them to pick totally. get them to pick during the season yeah house them here get get some portable accommodation I've got some of that some portable accommodation going and maybe get all the bristers up for a week and get them all on the farm picking fantastic that would be awesome wouldn't it yeah well they'd know which ones to pick I'm sure because <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick is yeah. because we're hand picking we can pick the coffee at, at an absolutely optimum colour. Yeah. But what, what colour is that? It's that lovely deep red before it goes too purpley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find the sugars are yes, nice and runny and sticky at that time, which I think has helped. And does that help with fermentation as it well? It certainly does, yeah. So that they ferment, ferment quicker? Much quicker. Or within that 12-hour frame? Within a 12-hour frame, then we wash them and then we let them ferment again. So, you, so, 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 so your 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 processing. How how do you process? We've got two electric pulpers. They're not huge, but um, we can, as I say, we can do 150 kilos easily each day um, without too much stress. And then we use nice clean bins to get the fermentation going. In fact, I've even had a friend who's taken the fermented juice away and has been drinking it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. As as a cider. Like a cider, yeah. Wow. As a cider vinegar from the... Phil. Frank. Frank. Yeah, our friend Frank. Frank. 
That's why he looks so healthy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Strong as an ox, he's. And then what do you do in terms of drying? Drying is, well, obviously it, it's washed after the fermentation and then we lay it out on um, old um, screens, fly mm-hmm. screens. which are Off the ground? Off the ground, undercover in a pretty, you know, uh, controlled environment really. It doesn't get too much sun, it gets plenty of air. Yeah. Um, and then it's heaped up at the end of the day, thanks to Nico's guidance on that one. So we leave it. Thanks out. to YouTube. Oh, was that YouTube? Yeah, it was a Vimeo. I think, I think we looked at a, a video from uh, Tim Wendelbo at, at Finca um, Tamara. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the people that had the big stone fermentation yeah, um, tanks. What does that yeah. do when you heap it up? It stabilizes the moisture overnight. Overnight, when yeah. when you know, but you imagine you're drying it out, right? Mm. So then you don't want that dew on it. Yeah, I, but but I think also what happens is that you, you spread it out and you get varying amounts of um, um, uh, dryness. Kind of equalizes. The and then then you put it all in, together as a hub, and then, <laughs> you know the outsiders might be like you know thirteen percent dry, and then the insiders might be like fifteen percent dry, and then you huddle yeah. it all up, and then mm. you, through osmosis you get some sort of equilibrium of moisture, yes. and then then you spread it back out again, yeah. and hopefully uh, everything's at fifteen, right. and then by the end of the day it's fourteen, and you. You know, 14 of the outliners, and there's 12 and a half, and then you put all together again the next day. And but it's, it's quite a lengthy process to do that, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. And mm-hmm. e- even even the dry, th- the, the thickness of, of how many how many um, uh, beans are on top of one another. Yes, yes, that's really important. You don't want it to be f- completely flat. No. You all kind of want it to be two or three high or yes. four high. Which we use a we use a little rake for that, yep. so it's all raked out, almost like um, pebbles in a Japanese garden. Mm. So it looks immaculate. Yep. Is, is this your primary source of income? No, no. We also have a bed and breakfast on the property, awesome. which is... Um, which we're discussing. Very, which is, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and I used to be a photographer, so I still do a little bit of photography as cool. well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we discussed... <coughs> excuse me. Um, we had a podcast a couple of weeks ago with our main coffee supplier, exporter, importer, Caravella. And we, we kind of talked about growing amazing coffee here in Australia. And, and the guys spelled out the, the financial logistics of it really, just, really just, well. Just a simple calculation. How many, how, many, how many acres, how many kilos? Multiply that by the kilo price and boom, doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, I know. think the numbers were like, if you produced a pallet of coffee That's in hard. Australia, you'd maybe get, what was it? $30,000 or something, and that's yeah. a wage here. Yeah. That's a, a low wage. Yeah, totally. Wage. You know, and, and just to put that in perspective, I can talk about these numbers openly. You know, Green Cauldron was a 50,000 tree plantation, and they was fully mechanised, and Richard was running the farm, and he was there, he was a full-time employee. He would run the farm all year round, 50,000 trees, and then he'd get some helpers in to do the harvesting. You know, yes. They had dryers, they had you know tractors they had everything you know to, to automate and and the, the objective was to get you know 30 to 50 ton off the farm but they never got four or five ton off the farm yeah um and then if you sell that for ten dollars a kilo right that's that's you know four tons you know yeah. it's like 40 grand yeah doesn't pay the wages no it doesn't pay anything you know so you gotta do the 50 ton which is 500 grand which which you probably started to make money. Probably, you know, you know, you probably need, you know, need to make a bit more than that. You probably need a big, bigger labour force as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and definitely, if you're going to do the processes that you've been doing for quality, you, you know, it, it, you know, you got to scale that labour right up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, mm. um, uh, tell us a bit more about the farm. Um, Sixty-eight acres. Um, we've only really cleared about 10 acres um, as I said in the very beginning it was full of slash pine trees um, it had only ever had pigs on the property so it was pretty clean and chemical free which was another major attraction for so us. You, just, you don't spray or do anything to no, the coffee? No, we wow. just use organic fertiliser uh, and we uh, brush cut yep. underneath the coffee to yep. keep the weed down yep. On the smaller coffee trees, on the larger ones, there's nothing underneath. They self-mulch. 
Uh, we probably mulch once a year yep. with organic uh, straw. Yep. Um, which you know we do that. Mulching. Often. I think mulching is really really important for you know hydration and and yep. good good fungi and, and good bacteria. Keeping the nitrogen in the ground yes. as well. Yeah. Which is really important. Um, and that's very easy to see by the colour of the leaves. If they start to lose that lovely rich greenness, then we know it's hungry for more hungry nitrogen. For yeah. mm-hmm. So we, the trees guide us in a way. Um, and obviously there's a blush every year with the K7s. Um, What's a blush? At the tips of the leaves is just like a, a, a warm red blush, pinky blush. Mm. And is that just the new growth? Uh, yeah, it's the new growth of the leaves uh, that season, mm-hmm. but it also tells us that the tree's healthy. Okay. Yeah, right. So I've seen that. And yeah. I kind of look, almost look like a lily pilly. Yes. In that. Very similar. It's like, yeah. yeah. Very similar. I've actually been riding my bike through the, through the hills and stopped and thought, they look like lily pillies, but they're coffee trees. Coffee. Up atop of Brokenhead Road there. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a few grass yeah, there. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, um, well, you, you know... You, there's certainly a difference between your first harvest and your main harvest. Tell us about the harvesting and, and how that happens and when you start picking it. Well, because we, we ideally we should grow north-south, so we get more of an even... Um, north-south, so that, so that the, the, sun, the, sun. The, the sun goes across all the rows yes. and you get even cherry growth even across ripening. all the rows. So the, so the rows run north-south? Unfortunately, they don't because of the, the contours of the land. We've had to grow it. East West. Okay, uh, but it's funny. It, but, it, but it's funny, right? The, in these situations, right? It, the, the unideal or the not ideal situations generally are more difficult to 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 manage. But it, it's also the it's also the things that can make the coffee awesome. Yes. So, so you, one side of your trees ripen ripen earlier than the other side. So you're picking down one side each time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but we also find that. It does accelerate some of the earlier growth too fast, which early, uh, early development, early development, and then it just races on and dries out. Yep. Um, so there's a little bit of wastage there, um, and we're hand picking, so it's really handy because it gives us that little break. Yep. So we're not actually picking heaps and heaps of coffee in a real hurry. Yep. We can actually take our time. Yep. Um, be interesting to see what we could do with that early harvest and how you know maybe some extra fermentation there could 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 benefit improve it. yeah improve it you know so when does your harvest begin july 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 and and you harvest through until october october yeah mm-hmm. so it's like three months of picking three months is it continuous no no um we try and do let's say a, a constant two hour pick a day yeah. that's my wife and i and as so I how said, much would you pick in two hours? Oh, maybe probably a full lug, large lug of coffee. What's a lug? A lug is a bucket. It's probably 25 litres. So it's like three or four kilos of coffee? Yeah, about five kilos, I would think. Five kilos, five kilos of finished. Of, of finished dried grain. Yeah. Mm. So it's not a heap. Um, but nice and easy to process. So yeah. you do a couple of hours in the field, come back, process, start the fermentation, and then you probably, you know, get on with maybe some other fertilising or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you have any issues with any sort of pests or? We haven't. Um, some a couple of the growers that I've been speaking to are saying that bats have now started to get into the coffee on the top. Wow. They like the actual pulp. They don't right. like the coffee beans, mm. so they're finding there's a whole spray of coffee beans underneath their trees, yeah, right. and the bats have been eating the pulp. Mm. But I haven't had any problems with that at all. They're like getting high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy bats. Those crazy bats. Well, I've heard there's more caffeine actually in the pulp. Yeah, I think that's, that's the case. Yeah. Mm. Um, I can't imagine coffee trees are the easiest thing to hang on to for a group of bats that must be wobbling <laughs> <out. Yeah. laughs> oh, our coffee trees are nice and bushy yeah. they're actually how, quite, how, how high are they um, we have recently given them a big trim so they're now up to about two metres but mm-hmm. they're really bushy do you, have, do you have a photo of your farm you could share with us so we could I can certainly bring in one yes okay. awesome yeah 
I've seen some beautiful uh, uh, photos you showed me of it in Blossom. In Blossom, yes. Yeah, and you yeah. brought, remember you brought a, a, a clipping. Yeah, it smelled that flower amazing. was madness. It's yeah. the most beautiful flower yeah. and it smells amazing. Yeah, it must be such like, a pleasure to pick when it's, or yeah. just hang out in there when it's like that. Yeah, it's no, we don't have any trouble getting people to come in and help us, that's for sure. Yeah, we mm. actually had um, a guy at the cupping, Mas- Masashi. Oh, yes. Masashi, a Japanese guy who picked and he, he came worked. down to the cupping yeah. as well and he was a regular for a while while yeah. he was over here. Yeah, no, he was very, very helpful. Good. Um, I'm very passionate about coffee. So how, yeah. how many flowering? Uh, how many? We probably had two flowerings. Yeah. Um, we generally get one about a month or so after picking. Right. Um, and then probably another one early summer. So, so do you find that you're picking whilst you while it's flowering, or do you get the, 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 the cherry off the tree? Well, there is a little bit of flowering occurring at the present to, time, right now, which I haven't noticed before at this time of year. It's been quite wet. Yeah. So, it, so that's and um, so I think that's the third flowering that we've so had. So you'll, you'll get a big crop this year. Well, this I year. hope so. I hope so. Because we um, cut the coffee the year before, we didn't get a very big crop off half the... Half the um, the, the paddock. Hopefully, this is the year that really, you know, you can get some good volume, and you know what, you, you know, you've, we've all learnt what you can do with it. Yes. And, uh, we're just talking about, you know, should moving you across to the probat and maybe getting you using that for the for, for your roasting. Um, so where where does where do you sell most of your coffee? Uh, there's a few chefs that like to buy it. Um, there's another coffee uh, outlet that buys our coffee. Yeah. Um, so is it mainly retail or is it yeah, I, cafes? Yeah, I, I come in here and do, say, 12 kilos every fortnight and those 12 kilos get sold. So Awesome. That's good for us. Awesome. And, uh, and you enjoy it? It's encouragement. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, look, we, in, we certainly enjoy it. And I've got family on the property and they all enjoy our coffee as well. So Great. No one runs short of coffee. Great. Great. Cool. Um... I'm not sure what else to ask. Oh, there's, 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 so, so, there, there's so many I want to talk, talk more about bringing all the baristas up, and that's just such an awesome concept, the pick. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the Caravella boys um, suggested that we take people to Columbia and they can pick coffee and see how hard it is, but I think we could fly up some baristas and, yeah. and, and, and uh, get them here. I mean, that's, that's definitely doable. Yeah. 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 So maybe maybe we should pick some weeks of a get a get a system in place. Maybe we could buy some tents and set them all up on the farm if that works for yeah. you. Take some weapons up and cooks brings we'll bring some food up and mm. and uh, get get some bristles there for two or three nights. Just Been like nights in Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fun. It'd be, it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, um, so could you maybe walk through? This coffee that we just had, which was, you know, phenomenal. I mean, I'd be happy to buy some of that and roast it and sell it to our customers. I think. Would you agree, boys? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's gone from a coffee that we couldn't serve because it had, you know, some issues. I mean, that yep. first lot you brought in at thirty percent moisture was was quite uh, hessian. Tastes like hessian. It was quite socky. It tastes like wet socks. Well, that's because we were storing in hessian sacks, yeah. which we no it longer comes, do. It comes so far that yep. in this short time. Yeah. Once we get the moisture right and the dried parchment, then we um, we we seal it up in bags, and they're cryopacked. You vac packed the big bags, yep. coffee. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we could talk about maybe getting some of that coffee and, and roasting it and selling it to our customers. Yeah, that would uh, be fantastic. Yeah. I've been dreaming about doing this for a long time, and um, it's so cool. Excellent. So, so cool to be able to mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. That'd be great. Yeah. How good would the satisfaction level be for baristas, though, if they... This is a great coffee. ...picked it, I, and then we roasted it, and then they serve it in their cafe and serve it to their customers. And yeah. Yeah. It'd be unreal. Yeah, so anyone out there that's interested in maybe discussing that, let us know. We'll... We'll make it as easy as possible. You know, mm-hmm. if we have to buy some tents, 
a gettable odd site, but if that works for sure, you, but sure. what work, works best for you? I mean, I imagine transportation up there and back, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's easy. There's plenty of land for pitching a few tents. Yeah, pitch a few tents and get everyone up there, yeah. and we can come up and cook some dinner. There's bathroom facilities there, but yeah, up to the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the view up there is pretty spectacular too. So wow, well, yeah, it's yeah. a great great spot. All right, so Mikey. Maybe I'll leave that to you, eh? Yeah, get in contact. Get you in, want to pick some Aussie pick, coffee? Pick some coffee. Pick some coffee and then I mean, if you want to, maybe we can document the, the processing and, and uh, take a few photos. Just yeah, for sure. And um, see, how, see how it all turns out. But I think in the short term, we'll be happy to buy some of the late harvest last year and yep. roast that up and send it out. I think that's, that's doable. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for us? Well, I'd say that if you gear up for probably September, October, if you're going to get baristas up here, yep. that's probably the optimum time. Yep. And that gives you plenty of time to put feelers out. Uh, do, you, do you pick when it's ready? We pick, yeah, we, if we set a day for picking, we pick. Yeah, that was one of the problems with, um, uh, with Greek Hordra was that when it rained, they couldn't run the harvest up. Oh, of course. Yeah, just jams boggy. up. Just yeah, jams just up. Jams up. Yeah. And, and it got boggy, so yeah. they couldn't drive the harvester down, down, the, down the... And it adds to the compaction as well, which, again, is an issue of not wanting to compact in between the rows. Yeah, it, it killing all of the microorganisms yeah. that live between the rows. You just... Yeah. yeah. So I can understand holding off while it's wet. But, but if you're hair picky, that's not a problem. You just put a raincoat on, no. headphones on, and you're away. That's it. Yeah. Dry as a bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have you got any aspirations for, for the farm in, in regards to coffee? Oh, look, uh, as I approach 70... Um, 70? I'm, yeah. Really? Um, it's probably as much work as I probably can handle at this time, hopefully for another 10 years. Uh, none of the family, the younger family members, are interested in coffee, so it'll be just me and Weta. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's growing hemp, isn't he? He's growing hemp at the moment for building material. Uh, he has on the farm as well? On the farm, yeah. He's yeah. got two acres of hemp. I, I think that's a, a recent um, 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 yes. allowance. Yeah, brand new. Um, he's had plenty of encouragement from the Department of Agriculture. Uh, he's sourced organic seed, low THC, um, and it's amazing. And, and, and is that seed? Does that? Is that uh, obviously that's the, the uh, THC is the is the uh, that's uh, the drug. That's that, the drug. That's the effect. Yeah. That's so. 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 Does that plant occur naturally in in uh, or, or is it, it is it, must, a, CS, it, is it a CSRO be, product? It must be a hybrid. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Where it's, it's a product from the CSRO, I think. However, I think if it's allowed to seed and regrow, then the TH levels start to rise again. Yeah. So it's only good for one season, uh, as far as I know. But Luke's the expert on hemp. And, and he's using the hemp in uh, concrete, I believe. Yeah, he mixes it. It's called hempcrete. Yeah, right. Um, he's won a couple of awards for sustainable building with it. Um, because it, 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 has, it does a lot of, um, what's it called, when you compact concrete into a wall? Yeah, it's like a rammed earth. Rammed earth, that's yeah. it. But this is mixed with lime um, and water. But he's super talented. And he's a very passionate builder. Yeah, he's um, talented. Very, very he's passionate. been building for a long time. Yes. Yes. So it's it's a nice crop as well. That's another thing. It's a beautiful crop to look at. Really? Yeah. Because um, it's basically a grass. Yeah, right. Um, hey, what does it do for the soil? Well, most of the, the, the leaf we'll probably just plough in. It's the actual fibre of the main yep. stem that's used. It's chopped up very finely. Yeah. And that's mixed in with the... As I said, the lime to make the hempcrete. Yeah, right. Yeah, I suppose you do need a fibrous material to 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 make the the concrete set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But absorb, absorb the moisture and give it strength. Yeah, and it's up to about three and a half, four meters tall now. Right. So it so grows a, quick. Yeah, and that was planted just before Christmas. Yes, yeah, so I remember. Yeah. Um, and that's that will be harvested in the next week or so. And how many of those plants are? There's about two acres. Two acres. Yeah. So I'm not sure how many plants that is. is how do you drink your coffee? How do I drink? Yeah, your coffee. Me? Like we've been drinking here espresso. 
And you got a special machine at home? Yes. Yeah. Not a super duper one, but it seems to extract the coffee beautifully. Yeah, I think the expense is hot water. And it, our coffee also makes quite a good plunger coffee too. Yeah. Um, if we do a, a much heavier grind. Yeah, right. So the finer grind's not so good. But yeah. Did, we, did you notice the difference in flavour between the different um, harvests? This year's definitely the best, without a doubt. Did, did you notice more, like between the, like we were saying, between October and, and, and August? I couldn't tell the difference, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Um, this one today definitely is a standout. Mm. Um, and I'm watching you guys make it. I mean, you know, it's, it's a science. <laughs> it's a science. I think it was a science to get to where it, it is now but it's now just a pretty simple pro- process it's just like follow the steps it's good yep. yeah well, as I say I used to be a photographer so the dark room was something I was really passionate about mm. and that's consistency and I can see that's what you have here is that consistent yeah exactly method yep and execution and, uh, it gives you freedom yes you know it gives you freedom to to have confidence in the product what we did notice with the coffee here, which we have yet to uh, understand why, the Australian coffee, and I've noticed that uh, with all Australian coffee, is that it roasts differently. Generally, most coffee roasts the same because it's, you know, it's kind of like, the analogy I use is rice. You know, it's okay. like, really the difference between making brown rice and white rice really isn't that much different, you know, like. Process less, so you've got to cook it longer or something. Yeah, like. and given it's such a huge difference in flavour, like you know, but basically, water coffee boil fifteen minutes and you've got rice. Yes. So I kind of use the same analogy with coffee. Like everyone has this, the people in coffee have this thing that all coffee is, you know, wildly different. It has to all be treated, you know, individually different. But we have this, this thought that all coffee is the same because it's a grain. The difference is size, moisture density but the, the Aussie coffee for some reason we've got to roast darker to get to the same solubility so I um, um, haven't really done haven't really workshopped this have we so if, so if, if it is if it is does that mean it's denser I mean it's you know you know is is, is the coffee in Australia dense did you do a, dense, a density reading on, on the coffee no I don't know if we didn't have enough no I think we just got straight to roasting it and then didn't have enough but we'll um, when we get a, because you know we have to ro- we have to roast it it's that little bit darker, not mm. not not, but it's not actually darker. It has to be the roaster for longer. Yeah, you know, uh, and generally low grow coffees, like you say, Brazils have the opposite, have have the opposite effect. They're they're not as dense, and and you don't have to roast them as dark, or you know, okay. they, they roast quickly. Whereas the Aussie coffee seems to roast slower, and the, the degree of roast that we normally roast coffee to. It, it kind of defies a lot of our rules, yes. if, if that makes sense. And we're trying to figure out why that is. Mm. Uh, moisture's good. I mean, you, you know the moisture's great. Now that we've got the moisture consistently at about 10.5, that's certainly helped me roast. Yeah. Um, you, you could see the difference, right? Yes, definitely. Um, and when it was a little more moist than that, it was very hard. Obviously, the moist, moisture content would do some weird things inside the coffee itself. Yeah. Uh, th- things, I, things I'd like to see this year. If you know, maybe we should come up with a list of um, requests. If if you're open to what that is, and that is maybe some extra processed coffees, like coffees that are washed but a bit more processing, process heavy. Um, we could do a purple honey. Purple. Since that, since that, um, that mix was so interesting. Mexican coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not, right? Yeah. That was basically like a. They left the cherries on the tree until they were purple and then treated them as a wash so it got a lot of extra sugar in there yes it was amazing but it was clean yeah but I don't think they uh, they still washed the coffee so they did have that weird kind of funky thing that you get with uh, uh, honey processed honey processed where they take take just the skin off they they loosen up the the auger on the uh, on the on the pulper and just the skin comes off, okay. and you leave the you leave as much of the flesh, flesh on there on. as possible. But obviously, the more less or, or more flesh that's there affects how it 
how it tastes. Yep. And they dry it naturally, like the natural process. But basically, it's just take the skid off, lay it out, dry it yep. uh, with the skid, with the flesh on, the mucilage. So it's quite sticky. Yes. You know, imagine trying to rake that and imagine it'd be quite difficult. You know, quite be, quite hard clump. to it'd, do. It'd, it'd yeah. be clump. Um, um, but I think we all enjoy washed coffees more. Mm. Mm. I'd be interested to see how that goes through a hollow because the hollows jam up really quickly if there's too much stickiness left. Do you do your own hulling? We do our own hulling as well, yeah. Is that manual? Uh, no, it's a machine hollow. Yeah, but is it like an manual, oh. a manual operated machine or is yeah. it like got a motor on it? It's got a motor on it, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you hull the coffee, you take the, you take the, the, the skid off yep. and or the, the kind of the skin. jacket yeah. the jacket off the seed, yep. kind of like a pumpkin seed with, the, yep. you know, you take the outer skid off. Yeah. Um, um, and you're left with just the green bean then. Mm. Yeah, clean green bean. Mm. And certainly the coffee looks cleaner this year. Like that, that yes. last that last lot you get, there's no blacks or bananas or no, you know, sours. There's a few. I mean, obviously because we don't grade we don't grade our coffee. I mean, so there's pea berry in there as well as mature coffee. Um, I don't know how that affects the the roast. But maybe the maybe. How can we how can we market the coffee in a way that best represents what like how can we sell the coffee? You know, do we like? I'm trying to come up with a way right now that we can sell the coffee in a way that do we just buy it and sell it at, through our normal channels? Should we like auction it? Should we... I mean, yeah, something... We, I mean, it's going to be... There's only going to be a small amount. I think you said there's only yeah. 100 kilos of that, left. That. And we're, we've, got to, we've got to steal as much off you as possible. Sure. Are you happy to give us? I've still got my clients that I've got to satisfy <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. We, we, we would be grateful with anything that you could spare. Okay. It would be great if, if, if in the channel that it's sold, it benefited your next harvest and coming harvest, I guess. So, so maybe we should choose... Uh, a cafe or a, or someone that we could approach that best suits uh, rather than the highest bidder, which yeah. doesn't help anyone. Maybe those who are willing to put their hand up and come and pick mm. get first dibs. Yeah, oh, maybe. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 You want to get your hands on some amazing Australian uh, <laughs> well-roasted Australian grown Bespoke, organic coffee. boutique coffee. Yeah. Put your hand up have, have we have we experimented with a filter roast of that coffee? We've cupped filter roast, but it was too light, right? So mm. we've got to get to. I mean, like that that um, the one we cupped, where we sort of realised that it had really improved. That that was still that was good, but and uh, it, it was in the sample roasters, so there's some slight underdevelopment there. But um, do you do, certainly do you do? that espresso was. I think it's going to make a beautiful espresso. Well, I drank that whole thing. <laughs> I beat you. <laughs> I drank my first. Um, uh, Actually, Joe was first. Always. Do you do any dead city sorting? No, no, we don't. As I say, it's all hand-picked and laid out to dry, and that's it, and then it goes in the cryo. And, and, and do you do the whole floater thing? Where We float, float the uh, green and the black... The bunny off, so that's that doesn't go. That well. helps. Yes. So m- maybe as we sort of talk about these processes, just what have you changed in the last twelve months since you've since you've been in here roasting using our equipment and and chatting with Nico and Mike and how have you seen the processes on your farm change to develop a, diff- a better quality? Um, we've been more selective when we've picked. Mm-hmm. Um, so more pickings or just more selective in... in more the... selective picking. So yep. we've not necessarily picked any more. We've probably picked a little bit less. We've mm-hmm. been a bit more fussy. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the fermentation process, that's changed heaps. That's, you know, um, not using chemical is great, doing a natural process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen the difference in the coffee when it starts to dry as well. It's much cleaner and drier mm-hmm. parchment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a th- this theory that the coffee is still alive, like you know, and 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 you see the coffee as it comes out of the, the stuff that's been 
treated so well without pesticides that you could tell that it's more vibrant and it's yep. more alive there's more organic material in you, you spray stuff on, on anything bacteria dies yes so you know like so if you if you treat it as a living thing then theoretically you know it lasts longer lives longer stays green longer anyway sorry and you and you also i think as you're saying it's it matures someone uh, drew the analogy that it was like wine it improves with age so that makes sense yeah um drying we've also we were putting the coffee out in the full sun we don't do that anymore well there, there was a there was a time when it said you know dry to the sun like that was that was a quality a, a checkbox yeah you sun, know sun dried coffee you know sun dried tomatoes yeah <laughs> sun dried coffee you know yeah. tick tick that box right yeah so now we just keep that constant temperature drying temperature as much as we can mm. and actually it is still is sun dried it's just not it's still it, it's, air, like, it, it's air dry it's air dry yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's more the point right yeah. naturally and as you know, we use filtered water, rainwater, mm. um, for the processing. For the processing, um, and that's triple filtered, so we know it's nice and clean. Um, and and where, where does the water come from? From from the, the sky. From the sky. Yeah. I wonder if you were to use water that wasn't filtered, because obviously there's microbes in the water that that would that would increase and accelerate fermentation because of True. bacteria being there be interested to taste taste a batch of coffee that wasn't filtered well that's we can do that because we do have tanks that we use for backup yeah because because you know the best farms in the world yeah. wouldn't filter their water right no that's true they probably wouldn't they'd have volume of water a body of water it's stripping all that stuff well, let's back, try that this year doing less yeah. but maybe doing more at the same time yeah Let's yeah. try Embra- em- embracing embracing the environment and the bacteria that live on the farm, and somehow benefiting from that. You know, letting nature do what it does. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a maybe that's one of the things we could do. Well, it could. Don't, 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 don't want to stuff the process. No, we could do a batch. We could do a batch. Do a batch test on that. Yeah. Or just use a larger filter, like a 200 micron filter, that'll take out any of the large particles. Yes. Rather than a five micron filter, you know, like an all house filter that would take out, you know, just yep. just the larger stuff that maybe you don't want sitting in the water. We've cleared most of the trees around the property. Um, is so the water in a dam, or is it? In, you know? No, no. We just collect it from the the roofs. We've got good <laughs> roof catchment. Yeah. Um, we keep our gutters clean. As I say, we, we've kind of reduced the amount of green growth around the house, so we're not getting any rubbish blowing in there. Yep. Um, we've taken down all the aerials so we don't have any birds perching on the roof. Amazing. <laughs> well, little, little things you don't think of, hey? It's so obvious when you say it. But you, can, <laughs> you can buy flushing systems that, that, that divert, diverts that first rainwater flush. Of the roof, uh, yeah. so you know, the first first water flush is like just we got that on first flush. all the downpipes. Oh right, okay. So yeah. that first lot of water that comes in goes go- into a holding pipe that's then cleaned after the rain. Yes. Ah yes, uh, yeah, right. Okay, so it all so runs down on, and, and fills a pipe. Pipe comes up to the top, then a ball comes up and stops the water going in, and then it goes into the tank. Cool. How clever. Obviously, so, so, so clever. So simple, right? Yeah. Simple. But, these, but th- these things you don't know. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, okay. I think the idea is that it decreases uh, uh, the chance of algae because those, you know, algae will grow with this food, nutrients. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So by some of the greasing the nutrients. Yes. Obviously invented by someone with a, who owned yeah. a rainwater tank yeah. and yeah. It hadn't rained in yeah. like weeks. And yeah. then the first well, sip of water was like, oh. A, yeah, yeah, totally. Bird poo would yeah. at least be, you, you, you know, another, another thing, I'm putting some rainwater tanks at home, but I'm actually going to put a solar pump uh, solar operated air pump ah, with, a, okay. with, a, with a stove at the bottom obviously like an air stove aerator and just to aerate the water so the water's moving because obviously the water's got life yep. and as it, st- as it stagnates then obviously you know then you get growth. then you get growth and you get you know you get um, uh, mosquito mosquitoes growing and all those yep. you know goes towards death <laughs> you know if you keep it alive you know I think aeration's really important yes you know yeah. uh, Mm-hmm. So, back to the sorry the changes. No, 
Well, well there's room for improvement there. There we go. Simple, right? Yeah. yeah. Just just stick a stick a tube in the water tank yeah. and, and, and keep it moving. Yeah. And if that movement, that circulation of water, I mean you see those big those big dams that the the Yeah, the, 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 the aerators. Yeah. The aerators, you know, and yeah. moving water is better than stagnant water in, in yeah. every case. Yeah. So you know you stick a you know, I mean all you really have to do is, you know, tie tie a rock to a to a to a, a pool pump up. is probably enough. Yeah, or a fish fish pod pump. Fish pump. Low low um, uh, low power, yep. um, low air. Just at a, just a nice big just enough stone. to keep them water moving. And just yeah, yeah, it bubbles. You know, uh, mm. make your drinking water better too. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> We're very fussy about our water. We are, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry, oh, keep going. No, keep going. No. So, no, so we're, we've sort of got to the, uh, the washing stage. Yes. And, and beyond that, were there, were there other changes? Oh, the, sh- the shade drying. Shade drying. So and, and beyond that? that was, uh, and that's extended. So whereas it was drying within maybe six weeks, mm. we've now left it for maybe <coughs> 10, 11 weeks to dry. Okay, and is that purely because of the shade? or have That's you... because of the shade. Yeah. You know, okay. Obviously, if you put it in the sun, it's going to dry out the outer. Yeah. I, I haven't done any research on, on extended dry to that period, but I do know that the best coffees that last the longest are dried within like 21 days. To four weeks, you know, the, uh, all the Colombian stuff that we buy. I mean, everywhere. I mean, it's 20, 14 to twenty-one days. They dry theirs on concrete, don't they? Uh, no, raised beds, raised beds, raised beds, and, and they're solar dryers with flaps on the sides. Oh, so, yep, the, yep. so the idea is they can increase or decrease the airflow, the, airflow. The, the, the airflow and the temperature. I mean, if it's cloudy days like this, you know, uh, and the temperature's not high enough to dry the coffee, but you don't want the temperature to dip below. Uh, the, the the coffee tip, yeah, because then it'll just absorb moisture. Yeah, does that make sense? So you want you 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 obviously want to keep the temperature in the in the dryer. Just keep it. Yes, if, if, especially in this environment. This is very much like Colombia. The, 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 the humidity level here is always in that in the eighties, right? You know, it's just yes. you know, not always, but um, it can be. And if it's above sixty, then if it's above, if you have a room that is that is. Um, Lower in temperature and higher in humidity, then you're going to end up with absorption yes. of moisture in that coffee or whatever it is in there. You know, so um, is, is your drying is your drying um, uh, does the sun get to the to the to the cherries in any way? No, it's in shade. Yeah. It's in shade. Yeah. It's under shade cloth, is it? I think that's what they do. Actually, they yep. they, have, they have like a solar dryer that's made out of plastic, and then they they add shade uh, as yeah. they need to. Yes, so, so they, they can pull it over. Yeah. Yep. They get the yep. drying done in 21 days. Well, we have really big deck all the way around two sides of the house, which is about four metres wide, um, and that's ideal. That's your drying station? That's our drying station during the drying that period. Makes it, that makes it easy. You just walk outside, turn, walk outside. turn it over, have yep. some breakfast. Yep, and go out there again at lunchtime. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. No, I think, I think we're there. Uh, were there other... Other processes that you changed? No, not that no. I can think That's of. That's quite a lot in, yeah. in 12 months, yeah. and you certainly taste it in the cup. Yes. So, well done. Well, it's certainly gone from, like, in our little world of clean, sweet, no age, you know, well-sorted coffee, you know, from, you know, probably something we couldn't buy to something that we'd happily buy. Okay. You know, so um, those changes have been great. So thank you so much for... You know, uh, embracing. And it's been good working with you guys. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your roasting. Has that changed at all? Well, this season's definitely because we've been drying it. That our moisture content mm. is now consistently pretty good. It's yep. around the and ten, ten point five. Yep. Um, so, so it's not as wild in the roaster. Not as wild. I've managed to keep that. Um, temperature down a little bit so it's not quite so hot as it was maybe 10 degrees difference at start and finish mm. the ramp that's has, big as well yeah. that's a big change that's great and the ramp's been pretty consistent so that our profile looks really good now um yeah, le- le- less chance of bake or yes um, and, and um, it bakes a flavor that you get in coffee when the temperature changes or stays static 
does it does it constantly increase till the end of the roast? Is basically you want the, yes. you want, the, you want the, the the coffee to be moving forward in momentum all the way from the beginning to end. I, the analogy I use is like a uh, a bowling ball. You want you want the bowling balls to stop at the at the pins at the exact temperature that you want to unload it at. That's basically what you want to do with the coffee. Like lawn balls, a lawn balls, exactly, lawn balls, exactly. Yeah, that that's what you want. Uh, but if you have to go along and push that ball at any point. Or it uh, slams into the wall. It slams into the wall, yeah. or you have to push it at any time along yeah. along the green because it hasn't quite got there. Then that's when you get undesirable flavours, you know, yeah. uh, uh, less desirable flavours. So, is your coffee primarily sold roasted? Yes. Like, or your customers are buying the coffee that you roast here in Edda It's with us. It's unviable for us to sell green bean. Really. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and have they noticed a difference? Unless, unless we buy the coffee from you for more than what you sell at Roasted. Ah. Like then, then you can go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a Thursday. Yeah. Well, let's say um, we, we've, got, uh, we've got Spanish, we've got South Americans who buy our coffee, mm-hmm. and they're very fussy. Yeah. And they come back to us time after time. Yeah. Chefs, I mean, they're pretty fussy as well. Yeah. We've got a few chefs. Kebby. And do they are the chefs just buying it to drink it, or they're buying it for no? They're buying it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. to drink it. Awesome. Yeah, great. And they're obviously selling coffee themselves. So, Mm. yeah, yeah, cool. That's great. So we're just going to keep keep along the same lines. It's it's been really nice having you here and having that connection to the raw product and uh, seeing the transformation. of the coffee in such a brief period of time, like literally one harvest. Yes. You know, gone from something that I expect from from Australian coffee because the knowledge isn't there. Um, not because the effort's not there, just the knowledge isn't there, right? Um, uh, with all respect to all of the growers in, in the area, in that, you know, and in our specialty world. Um, you know, it's been so great to see that that's possible. Yes. You know, um, and so thanks for all your efforts and for coming in every second week and, and sharing and thanks for the same book of it Christmas thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see you guys well, coming I, I, it's the only thing that goes with coffee I think yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah cool. thank, thank you so much yeah well, thank, thank you. you look forward to doing a, a big roast and we can yeah share it, sharing share I think, it I think we're just going to figure out a way to share it with a with you know, we'll send a little Everybody. bit to all of our accounts, a little bit to all of our accounts, and and, uh, and then maybe you know the people that are going to come up and and pick, we can we can uh, or yeah, interested we'll in it. Lure them in. Lure them in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you like to, do you like this coffee? Would you like to pick this coffee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if it's you know what, it's doable in a day. Theoretically, like you could fly out first flight, drive down to the farm, and spend two hours there, mm. and go back to the airport in the afternoon and go home you could yeah. do that if you yeah. wanted to but I would suggest you, you would I, I, get a better experience camping on the farm yeah right? yeah yeah of course of course but um, you know maybe make the decision to come for a day and then decide to stay for two well we call our place Hotel California and they might not leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Luke has it hasn't he uh, <laughs> uh, awesome awesome Thanks, grow Billy. wisely Cup, honestly. Coffee menu. Oh, oh. go back to that. Okay, coffee <laughs> menu this week. <laughs> Filter. Eldorfonzo Quintero. That's on, uh, uh, obviously it's an all-cast Colombian menu, um, except for the blends. Uh, Filter, Eldorfondo Quintero, Pedro Trujillo, uh, Finca Esmeralda, Divier Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, espresso lineup. Identical, uh, exact copy of the filter menu. Uh, I think buy the espresso, serve it as filter. Buy the filter, don't serve it as espresso. Um, uh, or buy filter and espresso, do it our way. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and do it as well as possible. And, and a great lineup too. Really, I'm, I'm loving every coffee on there. They all offer something different. Mike and I debated on what we're going to brew this what, morning. What are we drinking this morning? We're, oh, we're drinking actually Edin, and uh, yeah. and, and we we Eden. voted to brew that because it's gone. <laughs> Eden Avito, which is yeah. stunning, right? It's been beautiful, yeah. amazing. Blends, Mike. Blends, uh, DG is um, 
Daily Blankhouse. The, the Daily Grind? Uh, yes. I'm going to stop calling it our like warehouse abbreviations because nobody gets it. Yeah. The Daily Grind, um, 80% Penas Blancas. Columbia? Columbia and both um, Willa, 20% um, Los Monjes. And Thunderbird is 85% Guatemalan coffee uh, called El Zorro and 15% from Nicaragua La Roca. Um, All tasting really good this morning yeah, on the production table. Very chocolatey TB. Yeah. Joe had a really great tasting note last week, actually. It was like a chocolate raspberry tort. Yeah. yeah it was I didn't very, know what a tort was, but it was like a dense sort of mousse cake, right? Yeah, mousse yeah. chocolatey cake. Nougat in that, yeah. say, world maple honey. Chewy. Yeah. Chewy chocolate. Just rich and delicious. And yeah. Mmm. Cry wisely. Cup, honestly. Brew with confidence. Marvel Street Coffee. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. See you guys. Thank Thanks, you. Billy. Love you, Ben. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Billy.